Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. That's right. I'm your host, Peter Sirs. What's up? And before we start, you guys know how we do it. This podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. If you guys know me, you know I love Performa products. They are a fitness accessory brand. They have everything you need from shaker cups with superheroes on them to baseball teams to WWE wrestlers to Game of Thrones to Power Rangers, so many more. Uh, They also have the best workout towels. They have pill containers. They have wrist straps, wrist straps. Uh, meal prep bags, meal prep containers, everything you need for the fitness lover in your life. So do yourselves a favor. If you or someone in your life is a fitness lover like me, go to performa.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds. You will save 15% off of your order. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. You guys, I'm 43 years old and I'm not fucking slowing down. Why is that? Hmm. I mean, partially because of my work ethic, yes, 100%, my dedication, 100%, but also, I'm going to I'm gonna give some of the credit to Bucked Up because they have some supplements that I use. They have a lot of supplements, but they have supplements that I use that I that just keep me fucking going, man. Give me the energy, give me the strength, all that stuff, recovery. Um, they've got, you know, protein powders. They've got pre-workout. They've got intra-workout. They've got post-workout. They've got vitamins. They've got, you know, supplements for endurance. They have amino acid just everything if you want to lose weight they've got a supplement for you if you want to gain muscle they've got a supplement for you if you want to run marathons like me they have a supplement for you do yourselves a favor go to bucked up enter the promo code 10 pounds the number 10 and the word pounds and you will save 20 percent off your order and if you don't want to make a commitment get one of their sample packs and then decide um so anyway go to bucked up tell them i sent you and uh, let's get this party started you guys are you ready here we go I used to, uh, I kind of got out of the habit of doing this over the last, you know, few weeks, and I'm like, fuck, I forgot, I used to put songs on, to give you guys a little insight of what I'm listening to when I'm working out. This song is called Kingdom, and it's by the band Downstate, spelled uh, down, S-T-A-I-T, and among all, this is the entrance theme for uh, my favorite wrestler, Cody Rhodes. Ready? Right here. Wow. The crowd all cheers when they do that, man. Yeah. Hard times breed better men. That's right. That's right. Hard times breed better men. I love that song, dude. It's kind of been a... Uh, it's kind of been one of my theme songs over the last uh, couple months, I will say. Um, got really into it. You know, I'm always looking for songs to work out to and whatever. And then one day I was just like, oh, I'm going to listen to this. And I listened to the whole song and I was like, I actually really fucking like this song. So, you know, it's kind of been uh, on one of my workout playlists and uh, definitely was in my marathon playlist for sure. And, uh, you know, what's up, guys? I wanted to say welcome back. As you guys may or may not know um, or have noticed, um, this podcast is now officially no longer on the Comedy Pop-Up Network because um, as of a couple weeks ago, the Comedy Pop-Up Network no longer exists. So uh, that's that's that. You know, they were... uh, 
you know, kind of a kind of sad because uh, it was initially, you know, a great thing, you know, run by comics and whatnot. And that's, you know, when we were in studio before COVID, you know, we were we were there and fucking doing the podcast. And it was actually it's a lot easier for me to get, you know, some of the bigger guests that I got in because we were actually in a studio Whereas now it's like, you know, we do it via Zoom or I've got to meet someone at their house or something. It's like it's it's weird. So that's why, you know, it's one of the reasons among many why I haven't had a ton um, of guests over the last few you know months. But, you know, you guys still listen. So fuck it, dude. Um, I, I, I will say I'm currently uh, doing one of two options. I'm looking for another studio to host the podcast or potentially looking into just uh, kind of putting in an office space of sorts in my new place that I'll be moving into uh, hopefully within the next few weeks. It's kind of why I've been uh, a little inconsistent. I've been working my ass off for the last couple months uh, to just save up enough money to finally get out of my little brother's house. It's been a it's been a struggle, you guys. It's it's been one thing after another, and you know I, I don't need to. You know, we don't need to get into all the details, but there's, <laughs> let's just say I've been waiting on a couple of jobs to, to figure out what I was going to, what my, what my budget was going to be as far as an apartment, because I didn't want to get something that I couldn't afford, but I've been waiting on this job that would definitely make me be able to afford anything, and I'm still waiting, so... Um, at this point, it's just getting really hard for me <laughs> to make the drive and sit in traffic all fucking day, um, every day. So within the next few weeks, I'll be in my own place. And like I said, hopefully I will, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do as far as the podcast. Like I said, uh, like if I'm going to get studio time or if I'll just set up something in my, the thing about having it in my place is that it makes it weird for people that I don't know personally. Like, hey, I'd like to have you on my podcast. Uh, can you come to my house, though? Because this is where... I, I mean, I don't know. I guess people kind of expect that nowadays. But I don't know. So we'll see. But anyway, I don't know. Uh, by the time you guys listen to this, I will probably also have listened to it as it's been distributed. But I don't know what it's going to sound like. Like... You know, there was commercials at the beginning and stuff with the old network, and so I don't know how that works. So, you know, uh, the money I'm going to make is from my sp- is from my sponsors and from my brand deals and stuff off of this. And maybe if these go viral, then that too. But anyway, um, you know, now it's it's all it's all on me. It's just me relying on a podcast hosting platform, and you know. Um, it's been a couple weeks, I know, since I left you guys. Last time we talked, I had just ran the LA Marathon. So it's been, uh, what, two weeks, I guess? One, two, two and a half weeks. I, like I said, I had planned uh, to do, uh, I actually had, had planned to have one out next last week. But then when I got informed that the network was going to not be a thing anymore. I just kind of re-ran them and trying to get it, get the podcast up uh, through a different platform. So that's where we are now. So hi, uh, it's been a cu- it's been a, a fun couple weeks, man. I uh, gosh, man, I you know I I like I said I've been working my ass off for the last couple months, both with comedy 
and in my day job because I still have a day job like most of us comics and part of it is like yeah saving money to get out of my brother's house <laughs> um, but also saving money so that I can spend money because there were quite a few things over the last uh, couple weeks that I wanted to go to uh, one being uh, opening day and then one being Wrestlemania and I know I've talked about it before uh, but really 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 have gotten back into wrestling over the last like I mean really since COVID you know um, you know when the world shut down and there was no sports or new programming of any sort other than stuff that had already been filmed um, one of the first kind of industries to continue and move on was the WWE and doing um, you know uh, they were still doing events just with no fans in the audience they were doing it from their performance center you know still cutting promos and still going all out putting their bodies on the line as if there were fans there even though there wasn't and for me as a performer I appreciated the fuck out of that because as a comic, you know, I didn't do Zoom shows because fuck that, dude. I know there are quite a few comics that were doing Zoom shows. Most of them were shitty. But, you know, and then, you know, you can't really you can't do comedy with no audience because you need that's that's comedy. Comedy. Part of stand up comedy is that interaction with the audience, get a reaction from the audience. So. And wrestling is very similar, you know, it's obviously, it's not real, but it's, it is real because they, they, they mesh the lines of real life, especially now with like the promos and stuff, but like, it's obviously it's scripted, but they're still performing and they're still doing these stunts. Like they're still throwing each other through tables and hitting each other with chairs. I don't know how they, how they. I don't know how they choreographed getting hit. I would like to learn because it's very common now. Like in my, when I used to watch wrestling, you know, every once in a while someone would get hit with a chair. But now it's just like kind of common. It's like there's got to be a way to do it without really injuring somebody, obviously. But, you know, some of these guys, like I said, they're getting thrown through tables and they're jumping off of the ring onto tables and off of cages and, you know, getting bloody and, you know, it's, it's fake, but these guys are really doing these stunts, dude. So it's very admirable. And obviously, you know, most of the wrestlers are in phenomenal shape. You know, that's part of the aesthetic of being a professional wrestler is, uh, you know, being in really good shape and being, you know, looking like a superhero, essentially. You know, if you guys remember back, if you guys, some of you guys have been listening to this podcast from the beginning and the very, very first episode I talked about how I started lifting weights and working out when I was eight years old and he was eight years old what and it's like yes I started working out when I was eight years old I know I played sports before then but I started working out when I was eight years old because um, I got for my eighth birthday a Hulk Hogan Hulkamania workout set and it was something I had begged for because I was super into wrestling back then and uh, it was, you know, I talked about it, but I'll just reiterate for those of you guys that don't remember or have that haven't been listening since the beginning. But it was a workout set that came with like two little dumbbells. It came with a jump rope. 
it came with a hand gripper and it came with a, a diagram like a poster of all the exercises you know kind of diagrammed out and then it came with a cassette tape that was narrated by Hulk Hogan himself it's like all right let me tell you something little Hulkster we're gonna warm up for five minutes and it was like he was he would talk to you and uh, it came with a Hulkamania headband there's this uh a uh, really cool picture, and I wish I had it. I don't even know where it is now, but of me at like, you know, seven or eight years old. Actually, it must have been eight because I had the Hulk, Hulkamania uh, headband. But it's me, and it's my little brother, Adam. And he's got the headband on with sunglasses, I think. And, you know, that, that photograph, you know, sat in, in our living room in our house that I grew up in. And it was just a cool, you know, fun picture that... I, uh, you know, always enjoyed looking at, and I, like I said, I wish I had it still, but anyway, you know, part of the reason that I had been, I've been working so much was because, uh, you know, as you guys may or may not know, but, uh, like I said, opening day was last week, um, and, you know, like, I, I mean, I bought tickets, you know, when they went on sale, whatever that was, but, um, you know, I just made sure that, you know, I try, I'm trying to be responsible with my money that's kind of been one of the things that I had set for myself this year because um, I haven't necessarily been responsible with my money I mean not that I have to be <laughs> I don't have any kids or anything but like just really getting to the point where it's like I don't just always spend money on bullshit so I, I made sure that you know while I did get tickets for opening day I had put that money away so that it didn't make a dent you know because opening day tickets are a little bit more expensive than regular game tickets but also um you know when i knew that wrestlemania was going to be here in la at sofi stadium it was like well fucking yeah dude like i need to go to this fucking like we have like my brother i was told i was like we have to go dude like this is uh this is going to be once in a lifetime you know like wrestlemania has only been to la i want to say like I know it's been to L.A. twice in our lifetime. Um, this might have been the third. Maybe there was a fourth. I can't remember. But, you know, even if there was four, you know, I've been alive for 30. For 30, God, I wish. I'm 44. I'm almost 44 years old. So even if there's only been four, that, that means it comes once every 11 years. And at that rate, you know, I mean, I would hope that I'm around the next time it comes to L.A. if it if it's in 11 years or whenever, but the last time WrestleMania was in LA was 2005. So it's been 18 years since it was here. And I think the last one before that was in the nineties. So like maybe it hadn't been here, but anyway, my point is that, you know, I was like, when I knew that WrestleMania was going to be here, I was like, no, we're going, you know? And I had bought tickets also like a while back, but you know, I had been putting money away just to make sure that I had the money and then it wasn't going to cause a dent, like I said. Um, and like I said, I've been a wrestling fan since, I mean, since I was a kid, you know, like there's a funny story of uh, <laughs> when I was, I want to say I was, I was probably eight. And, uh, you know, I used to, me and my brother used to wrestle. I don't know if Travis, I guess Travis maybe wasn't alive yet. I think he was. Because him and Adam were only two years, but he might have been like a baby. But, you know, we'd wrestle. And I was wrestling with my brother, Adam, and I gave him a DDT. If you don't look, know what that is, Google it. And I don't know what happened, but I landed on his arm and I broke his arm. And I was like, like I said, eight or something. 
lucky for me, my brother couldn't talk very well, like, at all. So I kind of lied on my behalf and said that I fell on him because I knew he couldn't tell them that I fucking gave him the DDT. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know what happened, but I broke his arm. And so, you know, my mom and dad thought I was lying. <laughs> also, when we went, I remember when we went to the hospital, like the, the doctor and the social worker like pulled me into the room, like without my parents, because they thought like maybe like my our parents had beat us or whatever. <laughs> so I had to be like, so I had to lie and be like, no, I fell on him, but I couldn't be like, I gave him the EDT because I didn't want to get in trouble either. So that was always funny that I broke my brother's arm. Uh, when he was three and uh so my mom and dad didn't let me watch wrestling for a while and it sucked because i fucking loved wrestling like you know you guys gotta remember i was an only child for the first you know seven years of my life and then when i became a, a brother like i was a big brother but um you know i didn't have like an older brother so like you know i i looked always to like i think that's one reason why i loved baseball so much is because you know it gave me like I don't know, these like larger than life kind of, I don't want to say father figures, but like role models, you know, like I loved Bo Jackson growing up and he was a big fitness guy and in great shape. And then Hulk Hogan, you know, same thing. It was like, you know, he always talked about saying your prayers, take your vitamins, you know, like all that stuff. And it's like, I wanted to be like Hulk Hogan. So I got the Hulk Hogan workout set. Like I loved wrestling and I loved watching it, you know, every Saturday afternoon it would be on. And then every once in a while, you'd get a Saturday night's main event, you know, on Channel 4. And that was like kind of like the heyday of Hulkamania, you know. And so for my mom and dad to not let me watch wrestling was like really, really hard for me. But I remember the day my dad came home and it was right. It's the day after WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. And uh, he's like, all right. He's like, you promise you're not going to wrestle with your brothers anymore? And I said, yes, I promise. And no more wrestling. He's like, okay. He's like, okay. If I let you watch wrestling, you got to promise. And I'm like, okay. And then he pulls out a VHS tape of WrestleMania. And I'm like, what? Like, it was just the day before, you know? And I'm like, yes. And I, I, I just remember how excited, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm eight, nine years old. And it's the one where Hulk Hogan fights Andre the Giant, which was a big deal back then. And I just remember, I mean, I want to say like being like a little kid, but just, you know, just glued to the television like this at this time. And they had it. I remember it was uh, at the Detroit Superdome. And it was like, you know, I want to say like 80,000 people, 90,000 people or something like this, this huge spectacle. Like, you know, I'd always watch wrestling, but I had never seen it like on a scale like this before. And it was just, I mean, it's just incredible. And, you know, just you know, the, the thing about wrestling, especially when you're a kid, it's like it, it really captures your imagination, you know. And then to have Hulk Hogan, who's my hero at the at the time, and then he, you know, to watch him body slam, you know, 500-pound Andre the Giant. Like, I mean, I was literally <laughs> jumping because this is obviously before social media, before all that stuff. So it's like, you know, you didn't know who won. And so I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, it wasn't like it is now, you know, so seeing him, you know, body slam Andre the Giant, I just remember like just jumping on the couch, like how excited I was because, I mean, Hulk Hogan was, was 300 pounds and he's lifting and body slamming a guy that's 500 pounds, like that's, even if it's fake, 
that shit was fucking pretty real. Like Andre sure helped him, but I mean that. I mean you know I'll, I'll never. That was I had already fallen in love with wrestling, but that was really the day that I fell in love with wrestling. And uh, you know it, it can't. It kind of you know wrestling kind of went in peaks and valleys, and you know kind of came. It kind of went through like a lull when Hulk Hogan left. But then, you know, with The Rock and Stone Cold in the 90s, you know, the DX and the Attitude Era, like, and then the W, the, the Monday Night Wars with WCW and NWO was like, wrestling was fucking huge part of my childhood, my young adulthood, you know, teenage years. Like, I loved it. And so it's like, like I said, like, you know, having, you know, I, I stopped watching wrestling probably, probably like after The Rock and Stone Cold left which was like, you know, early 2000s, and I kind of stopped for a while, and then I remember kind of getting back into it, you know, The Rock did a WrestleMania a few years ago, and I watched it, and it's like, wow, man, some of these guys, like The Undertaker, and uh, some of these guys are still wrestling, you know, like, they were wrestling when I stopped watching, and they were still, they were still doing it, and it's just like, that's what's so cool about it, it's like, you can do it for so long, but as I've gotten into, you know, adulthood now, and as I've gotten into stand-up comedy, you know, I've talked about before how, you know, the life of a stand-up comedian is very similar to, like, the life of a minor league baseball player, you know, it's like, obviously, the ultimate goal is the big leagues, you know, you, you get the Netflix special, you get, you know, you get to play on the team that drafted you, whatever it is, you know, I'm drawing the parallels, but, and people see that, you know, and, you know, they see these high-paid athletes and these, spoiled celebrities and overpaid celebrities and but they don't see you know they don't see the fucking climb they don't see how hard we have to work they don't see you know i've talked about i've been very open about it on this podcast and you know other podcasts but you know driving for you know eight or nine hours to a gig to actually lose money on the gig or taking a bus ride overnight to get somewhere uh, taking that early flight on fucking Spirit Airlines to get to a gig because it's the cheapest flight and you still want to make a profit. Like, you know, all these different things, it's very similar to what minor league, you know, baseball players go through. And then, you know, the same thing goes for wrestlers. You know, you see them, you know, on the grand stage, you know, WWE and WrestleMania, which is obviously the pinnacle of it all. And, uh, you know, now you have another, you know, there's another competitor has emerged with AEW. Um, and, you know, you see that, you see them on TV and making, you know, money. and But you don't see what they had to do to get there, you know. How they had to wrestle, you know, and put their bodies on the line on these little fucking, you know, janky promotions across the country just to make you know, enough money to maybe pay the bills, but probably not, probably still needed a day job until they get that break with, you know, the WWE or now AEW, like I said, or there's some other promotions like the NWA still that's around or, you know, guys go to Mexico or guys go there. There's a big one called New Japan, which is, you know, really big in Japan, obviously, but they do shows here in the U.S. too. And, you know, but like, if you're not in one of those, like, you're fucking, you're grinding it out. So the life of a professional wrestler, you know, is very similar to the life of a comedian. You know, I was talking when I met, you know, you know, we, uh, small flex, but when I, when I met Cody Rhodes, when I was in Atlanta, uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess it was like a month ago now, 
um, you know, we talked for, you know, he, he was very nice and taking the time to talk to me for a few minutes. And that's kind of what you know, I was talking about. It was just like, you know, because he's headlining WrestleMania. That was why I wanted to go also was because he's my favorite wrestler, you know. And, you know, we talked about it. It's like, you know, yeah, he's performing at WrestleMania, but nobody knows. I mean, everybody knows his story. If you're not familiar, you know, he was in the W. His dad was a famous wrestler. So he kind of got, you know, an in with the WWE that way because his dad was a wrestler. And his dad was a great wrestler, one of the greats of all time, arguably, you know. And, you know, so a lot of people maybe didn't take to him right away because, you know, a lot of guys have to work really, really hard and grind in those fucking indie shows and whatnot to make it into, you know, the WWE or one of the other bigger promotions. And he kind of got the inside track, which is fine. You know, it's not his fault. His dad's a fucking wrestler, but he, he still had to put in the work, you know, and a few years ago, you know, he didn't like where his character was going. So he decided to leave the WWE, which is basically, you know, it's like if you're an MMA fighter, you want to fight in the UFC. Sure, there's other promotions, Bellator, there's Bar- there's bare knuckle fighting, there's 1FC, there's I think Invicta's done now, but there's you know, all these different other, you know, mixed martial arts promotions. But if you're a, a mixed martial artist... I don't know if that's a word, but if you're an MMA fighter, you want to be in the UFC. Like, that's the Mecca. So if you're a wrestler, you know, most of the guys, the Mecca is the WWE. That's where you want to be. And so, you know, he got the inside track, but then he didn't like where they were going with his character. So a few years ago, he left. said, fuck it, man. I I don't want to do this character. And he linked up with a couple other guys, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Shout out, uh... Born in Rancho Cucamonga, but, you know, kind of became uh, household or like indie indie household names because they were wrestling. They were doing, you know, wrestling events in their backyard and then they moved up to the high desert. So they're kind of big celebrities here. They're now they're now uh, the executive producers and in, in charge of store. Uh, I don't know what their exact title is, but they're definitely execs in AEW. Um, but you know, Cody linked up with them and a couple other guys and were basically, they started with the money of another rich person. <laughs> they started AEW, you know? Um, but before that, you know, Cody went and was wrestling on the indie circuit and was doing fucking shitty indie shows and went to Japan and all these other, like he took a chance on himself. And, and for me as someone who takes chances on themselves all the fucking time and you know i mean just think about all the shit that i've done you know all the album recordings that i've done you know i've got two albums so far i I paid for those myself and you know put them up on the all the platforms you know i did all that myself with my own money no one asked me to do it i just did it you know same thing with you know my special that i shot uh back in 2021 when i was in oklahoma i know we did less quarantine now available on youtube um, you know, I, uh, I paid for that with my own money. I took a chance on myself and, you know, have they paid off like to where I'm famous now? No, but like, I, I, I get the grind. I get the believing in yourself when maybe no one else does and just saying, fuck it, dude, I'm going to do this shit myself, you know? And that's what Cody and like I said, the young bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam page, you know, all the guys that were kind of like, 
they went and helped start this new fucking wrestling thing that's, you know, it's not as big as WWE yet, but it's getting there, you know, and I've always appreciated that about Cody. Um, but like I said, the life of a comedian, you know, on the rise and even just the whole path is very similar. The grind is very similar to minor league baseball players and professional wrestlers. So, um, and like I said, I've been into it since I was a kid, but you know, like I said, I knew it was going to be in LA. I knew that because it was in LA, we had to be there and, uh, fucking a man if it wasn't one of the coolest uh experiences that i've ever fucking just the, was one of the cool I, I will always so 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 here's the thing so i bought tickets a couple months ago because um they actually hadn't even announced the lineup like which matches were going to be on which night um literally they didn't announce it until like the night before WrestleMania, because WrestleMania is two nights now. It used to be just one, but now it's so big that it's two nights. So they actually fucking sold out SoFi Stadium, 80,000 plus both nights. Fucking incredible, dude. Um, But I had bought tickets a few months ago um, because I knew that once they did announce, you know, I knew Cody was going to be night two because he was fighting... Roman Reigns, who's the champion, so that's got to be the last match, so I knew that I was going to go night two, and, uh, but I bought tickets, because I knew that once they've officially announced all the matches on each night, which is probably why they waited to the last minute, because they were like, nope, you guys are buying your fucking tickets, and you'll like whatever we give you, basically, you know, um, and, uh, I bought them, but then one of my clients said that, you know, she might be able to, uh, because by the time I bought tickets, all the good seats were already sold out. Um, and then everybody that was selling tickets was trying to make a huge profit, you know, trying to flip them and whatnot. So I got a pretty good deal on set on, on seats on the 300 level at SoFi, which is still pretty good seats, you know. But I had told all my clients, like, you know, I have a lot of clients that are connected. And I don't really use my connections like I should a lot of times. So... I put it out there, you know, that I wanted to go to WrestleMania and that I'm willing to pay tickets, pay for tickets. I just didn't want to overpay. I didn't want to pay for scalpers prices. I wanted to pay for them at face value. You know, I figured somebody that I knew would know somebody. And sure enough, one of my clients knew somebody that was working with the WWE for WrestleMania. And she says, I'll I'll probably be able to get you tickets at face value. Um, They usually release some like, you know, a few days before the show and I was like fuck yeah so like I said I had already had my tickets but you know my clients like hey you know we email this guy uh, and tell him you know that you're so-and-so's friend and you can get tickets at face value so um, I kind of had like a budget you know what I in my mind what I wanted to spend but when these tickets became available it was a little bit over it but the seats were so good I was like, I cannot fucking pass these up, dude. So basically, you got me tickets on the on the 100 level, which is the club level at SoFi, for face value, which was I want to say 275 or something, plus fees and everything. So it came out to like 675. It was more than I had initially intended on paying, but at the same time, I'm like, this is WrestleMania fuck it these are face value people were selling 
tickets in those sections for like 1200 1100 1000 like fucking so i was like yeah we're fucking good dude I, and i and i got them and then i sold the other ones just to get my money back i didn't try to profit you know because people were already trying to profit off of those seats you know i hate fucking ticket scalpers like i know like it's a business and everything but i hate people that buy tickets for the sake of fucking like really jack but it, you know it's a business dude so it's it's whatever but I didn't want to profit off of my tickets, although I probably could have. I just wanted to sell them for face value so someone can enjoy the event that I got, like I was going to. So, um, you know, it was, but like I said, we, we went, my brother and I, um, and it was, it was really cool for me to be there with my brother, you know, considering the fact that I broke his arm wrestling, you know, all those years back when. But, you know, it, it really, it was in that moment you know, when, you know, we kind of got there and I was just like, you know, on the outside, you're like, SoFi is already like a fucking, a massive, just incredible place that they've built. Like it's, you know, like AT&T Stadium in Dallas is like, was like the best stadium. And then they built fucking SoFi. It's just like better, you know, and it's already cool. But then you go and see like the setup of what, like how they set up the stage and the production of it all and you're just fucking blown away like i i, I tell you because we watched night one on tv and then we went night two and tv doesn't do it justice like it looks fucking amazing on tv but when you see it in person like the just just even just like the walk ramp that they had from the top of the stadium basically not the top of the stadium but like kind of high up to you know the ramp that they walked all the way down to the ring and the stage that was set up there like I mean it was it blew my mind and you know it, it really in that moment I'm like man like who would have thought so like I, I, I'll, I'll say this so like back in the day like my dad um we had one of those uh what's called a black box which is basically like in the old days used to have a cable box and somehow there were people that were able to put like a chip in the box and then you would you would pay for cable but the chip would allow you access to every channel you know all the all the movie channels all the pay-per-views you know the fights the the movie pay-per-views like all that stuff you know we had one and so you know we grew up in the hood dude you know we grew up in the hood so it wasn't like you know, I mean, pay-per-views, I don't know what they cost back then, you know, 30 bucks a pop or something, I don't know, but still, like, it's a lot of money back then, you know, pay-per-views probably now, like, I mean, UFC pay-per-views are, like, fucking $80 now, um, so it's, like, we had this black box, so, like, every time there was, you know, a WrestleMania, a SummerSlam, or Royal Rumble, or any of those pay-per-views, like, all the kids in the neighborhood would be at my house, like, we would, you know, we would order pizza, or, like, maybe my dad would barbecue, or just, like, you know, and then and we walked in through that moment. It was, it was then that it really dawned on me why. I, I mean, like I said, I, I got back into wrestling because during COVID there wasn't shit to watch, and they were still putting on programming. And I fucking really, as a performer, I just really appreciated that they were fucking going after it and putting their bodies on the line because that's what they do. You know, like I said, wrestling is fake, but those guys are still doing those fucking stunts, dude. It's still scripted. But those guys are still doing those fucking stunts, dude. So there ain't no fake about it, dude. Like, that shit is real. These guys get injured all the time. 
one of the guys at fucking WrestleMania got it. He got his, he got hit with a ladder in the head and had to get like 14 staples in his head during the match. Shout out to Finn Balor. This fucking it was it was a hell in a cell match. They were fighting in a cage, and the guy got a, a the edge pulled out a fucking ladder, hit him in the head, busted his head. So they stopped the match. Not, not like they didn't like stop it, but like the the, the doctors came in and the other guy kind of played it off and they were like giving him fucking sh- a, a, a Novocaine or whatever the fuck numbing agent into his into his gash in his head and then they fucking put like I said I think it's like 14 staples in his head and then after they did it he fucking kept fighting dude and then he was jumping off the top of the cage it's like this is fuck these guys are putting their lives on the line literally and uh but the thing that got me was like it I realized in being there because I never I've been to wrestling events before like Monday Night Raw and Smackdown and stuff and those are always fun but they're more intimate you know a lot more intimate when you walk in and see 80,000 people you know in your hometown and you're at this event and our, our tickets were fuck oh I didn't even tell you about the tickets let me let me finish telling this part and I'll get to the fucking tickets but you know it it, remi- it, it reminded me why I love wrestling and it's for the same reason that I love baseball. It lets you be a kid again. You know, like me and my brother, you know, I'm, I'm 43. My brother's 36. Right? My brother's 36 or 37? He's 36. Oh, he's 37. Fuck, Adam, you're old. Because <laughs> I'm going to be 44. So, yeah. Um, and, uh. It's like it's just like baseball. It's like it reminds me of being a kid. You know, it takes me back to being a kid. And who doesn't? I mean, even though I had, you know, I don't want to say. I mean, I guess a rough. Yeah, like I had a rough childhood. Like I, I got love. You know, I had a great mom and you know great grandparents. But you know, I, I've I've not uh, been shy about the fact that my dad was kind of an asshole and why I know he loved me my dad was very abusive and physically you know abusive verbally abusive you know like I got my ass beat like a lot like not just like every once in a while like I got my ass beat a lot and maybe that's why I looked to these other you know athletes and you know wrestlers and different guys for you know to be role models because my dad wasn't really a great role model for me I didn't want to be like my dad as a matter of fact you know I can remember him hitting me all the time and being like I'm never gonna do this and you know after years of therapy it it, it's a it's become known to me through my therapy that one of the reasons that I don't have kids just yet is because there's just this fear that I'm going to be like my dad and be a bad parent and, you know, be abusive. And even though my therapist, I mean, I don't I don't see her anymore, says that that's not going to be the case because of how I've learned and because of how I am. Um, you know, it, it probably is the reason. And it, it, it could be the reason why, you know, I haven't gotten married. Like, not that, you know, I've had two girls now in my life I mean I've, I've been in love quite a few times but there's been two girls in my life 
that I thought I was going to marry. And then I didn't. They, they, they broke up with me. And, you know, it, it all kind of comes back. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, wrestling is something that allows you to be a kid. And my brother and I, fucking my brother, my brother never has really stopped watching wrestling. Like, my brother's been into it the whole time. Like I said, I kind of stopped for a while, but would always revisit it every once in a while. And, you know, it, it was really special for me to be able to share it with him. And then, so like I said, we had tickets on the 100 level. And, you know, we go in and right, we, we go in and we're like, holy shit, dude, we're fucking so close. Like, like I said, we were going to be on the 300 level at SoFi, which were already pretty good seats, you know, we're kind of in the middle of it all. But these seats were fucking so good. And, and because we were on the club level, we found out that we had access to the VIP lounge. So we didn't have to walk around in the regular concession stands. And we we're just like, dude, this is fuck. This day just keeps getting better and better, dude. So we're in the VIP lounge looking around, seeing if there's any famous people. Um, I didn't see any, but there were plenty of famous people at the event itself. We just didn't see any, like, in our section. But then, right before the fucking, before the event started, and like I said, we're so, we're sitting so close. It's so cool uh, to see the landscape of just... 80,000 people there to watch an event that's not even real. It's a fake. It's fake, dude. We all know it's fake, but we're all there and we're all fucking in it, dude. I'm telling you, if you've never been to, like I said, if you go to like a, a SmackDown or a Raw or like even AEW, like if you go to like a taping of Dynamite or something, you don't get the full spec. You have to go to like a WrestleMania. Like I had, like I said, I had never been to a WrestleMania and I may never go. Like who knows when it'll be back in LA and who knows if I'm alive at that point. Um, but to see it in person, is just like, wow. And then it just, you know, made me think of like, okay, like here are two kids that grew up in the fucking hood watching these events on TV and in our pirated cable box, you know, did I dream that one day I would be able to go to one in person? Yeah. But like, did I ever think it was possible? I mean, I don't, I don't think I did, dude. Like. You know, it, it, I got the same kind of feeling as when I went to my first World Series game. It was very similar. And although I paid much more for my first World Series game tickets, this is just like, you know, it was just so fucking cool. And so we're sitting in the 100 level. And right before the event starts, uh, these people come and tell us that we're sitting in, our, in their seats. And we're like, no, we're not. This is section 109, you know, right to whatever. Um, we look at the tickets and they have the same section and we're like, what? And so, you know, the ushers had told us where we were sitting. So I'm like, I go and get the usher. I was like, hey, um, we're in this section, but they're saying these are their seats. Like, what's going on? Um, and then the usher looks at our ticket and says, oh, you guys are down there. And he points to the risers that are so... I don't know if you've ever been to SoFi, but it's where the Rams play. So you have the field, right? And basically, obviously, at a Rams game, you can't sit on the field because they're playing and there's sidelines and whatnot. So the 100 level is the level of seats that's right above the field. So it's like, you know, you're elevated a little bit. You're looking down onto the field, but you're right there. So we, our tickets were actually in the risers, which were on the field, 
So if at a wrestling event, there's like the floor seats, you know, which are like the ones right around the ring. And then there's the next level. So that's what I thought we were, which we were. But now we are, we are even closer. So I'm like, wait, our seats are even closer than these? They're like, yeah, you guys are down there. And me and my brother just like, we were fucking kids, dude. And it was so fucking cool um, to go and be there and just witness it all in person. Like, I mean, honestly, it's one of the coolest fucking events that I've ever been to. And the fact that I got to share it with my brother who, you know, I've I've been staying with, you know, since I came back. It was just like a special, it was a special thing, you know, like it, we're, we're, we're grown men, but we went to this fake pretend fucking event, dude. And it was just, you know, I get, I get even just, you know, kind of teary eyed just thinking about just how cool that was. And then a couple of days before, you know, we went to opening day and before we went to opening day, we went, you know, they had a, like a, the, they called it the WWE super, super store, which is basically like a big fucking gift shop for WWE merchandise, but it was also like a little mini museum and they had all kinds of like, you know, old costumes and stuff from people back in the day. And it's just like all around just a cool fucking weekend, dude. And I, I was, I was just stoked. Like it was great, you know, and it made me kind of like, you know, be thankful that, you know, I've been lucky enough to, you know, for one, you know, have my brother let me stay with him and whatever and you know get to spend time with my nephew and my niece and you know be close to my other nephews and stuff you know go to their games because you know I missed out on a lot of that stuff you know I've always talked about you know especially like my first you know I don't know five six years seven years in comedy like I was always doing shows and like I feel like I missed a lot of shit you know even like with my godson you know I always talk about how I don't I feel like I'm not the best godfather because i've always like and i missed a lot of stuff you know i try to go to as many things as i can but like i miss stuff you know and so now as you know i'm in i'm in a position where i can kind of you know be at more things you know i'm you know just it means a lot to me to kind of be there and you know so to not have to be there you know although i did go to my nephew's game and my, my my niece's game uh, on the Saturday before we went to wrestle, before we watched night one of WrestleMania, just like, you know, I, I've been busting my ass the last couple months, like I said, to, you know, saving up enough money to, to finally get my own place, but also to go to these cool things because I'm like, at the end of the day, like I kind of deserve to treat myself a little bit, you know, I, there's this like weird thing where like, I kind of like, because I'm trying to be responsible, you know, with my money um, almost like I feel guilty for doing stuff, but it's like, dude, I fucking bust my ass. Like, why do I have to feel guilty? But I, I earned the right to fucking do these things. Like I've been running marathons and, you know, busting my ass and doing the road and fucking getting no sleep and getting up, you know, sitting in traffic for, you know, four hours a day or more. And just like, fucking, it was just, really nice to do something and to like I said to do with my brother it was really cool um so like I said if you uh, that the that the match Cody's match didn't go as I would wanted it to I don't know what we thought he was gonna win but he didn't and we were all kind of bummed out but just still to be able to to you know like I said kids that used to watch this on tv on their on their pirated cable box and then to be able to fucking fast forward you know almost 30 years later 
and now we get to witness one in person in our backyard was was pretty awesome you know um and then this past weekend i was in seattle and doing shows um and fucking man i'll i'll, I'll be real right here <laughs> um you know seattle you know was a place where um i had been before like briefly but for work and it was like kind of like I didn't have a car that the first time I went I was only there for a couple of days um, but so the first time I really got to experience Seattle you know my uh, my ex Ashton was with me and we had the best time you know and it was my first gig there like for the the whole weekend and we did all kinds of cool stuff and she loved it and so she loved it so much that the next time I went back, like she was like, I'm going back with you, you know, because Ashton would she would come on the road with me sometimes. But, you know, a lot of times she didn't because she had to work on the farm or like whatever it might have been, you know. So um, but she loved Seattle and we had some really, really fun times there together, her and I. And so it was a little uh, a little bittersweet for me. I had flown into Seattle a couple months ago uh, when I had to, when I told you guys I, was, I thought I was going to die. I had a, I had a gig in Eastern Washington, but I had to fly into Seattle and then drive to the gig. Um, and I got caught in a snowstorm and I thought I was going to die and it was like a whole thing. Uh, so I didn't really spend time in Seattle then, but you know, this weekend I was, you know, I was going and, you know, I, I, I would be not, um, I wouldn't be being authentic to myself if I said that, you know, I didn't still obviously care about and miss her, you know, tremendously. We don't really talk. Um, and I don't need to put all that out there. But, you know, I, I, I'm not over it. Let's just say that, okay? And so, you know, I was trying to just figure out what I was going to do there. Because, you know, on the one hand, she and I had, you know, just the best time, you know, the times that we went there. But, you know, I got to I have to, you know, attempt to make new memories and stuff. And I was trying to do that. And then I was going to uh, there's this really famous uh, troll that they have up there. It's called the Fremont Street, the Fremont Troll, I think. And it's underneath this bridge. And there's this big sculpture of a troll. <laughs> you know, people take pictures in front of it and stuff. And I wanted to go there. And as I was going over there, I, I remembered uh, like everything kind of seemed familiar and then I remembered it was because uh you know one of the times that we went Ashton and I we rented bikes and we just rode bikes all through the city because there's a lot of trails and stuff and there's this really big bridge that I remember like driving across and so here's the thing fun fact about me that some of you guys know especially if you know me personally is I hate earthquakes my biggest fear in life is earthquakes I fucking hate them with a passion it's my biggest fear in life. I feel like I'm going to die in an earthquake. I hate them. It's one of the reasons why I've, you know, considered leaving California. It's because I fucking hate earthquakes, dude. Uh, but, uh, so I hate bridges, like, especially, like, driving over them. Because I always fear that, like, we're gonna, I'm going to drive across a bridge and there's going to be an earthquake. And I'm going to get stuck or I'm going to fucking die. And it's just, it's terrifying to me. So, you know, I remember, you know, riding our bikes across this huge bridge that goes over this like river I guess and being like well like I'm actually not scared because this is Seattle there's not going to be any earthquakes you know and 
you know, I just as I was approached it, I, it seemed familiar, and then it dawned on me that that's I remembered why it dawned on me why the bridge seemed familiar is because we had done it, and you know, it just really uh, I got emotional. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, it's it it's still it's still uh, I still miss her. You know, am I trying to date? I mean, it's whatever. You know, I'm not like. I don't need to be with somebody. I feel like I just need to get over that or whatever that means. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it brought back memories and good memories, you know, but, you know, I was emotional. And, um, but at the same time, I fucking had great shows there, man. <laughs> I had great fucking shows there. I, I'm, you know, it, I'm, I'm almost at a place where, like I've worked so hard on this craft of mine and you know spent endless hours writing and listening to my sets and trying to figure out what I said and when I said it and how I said it and you know making my craft perfect and you know the the what sucks about comedy is like it doesn't always it's not always in my hands you know I know that once I get on stage and I'm in front of an audience I could win them over, but, you know, sometimes it's up to, you know, the gatekeepers to book me for the job so that I can be in front of those people and show them what I can do and all that stuff. And, you know, when it when, when it's nights like I had, you know, this past weekend where, you know, everyone's coming up to me afterwards. And, and I'll be honest, you know, there, I, I posted this clip, uh, I think Saturday from my show, one of my shows on Friday and uh it was like you know it's this this like uh kind of hipster looking town with a hipster looking crowd it's at, it's at a brewery it's in like the back room of this brewery and it's packed like there's a lot of people there but you know anybody that goes to like breweries and it's, it's very hipstery you know and it's seattle or outside of seattle so i'm like ah oh, these people are gonna get offended at my jokes and you know i don't know i just never know you know and just the the feedback that I got afterwards and people buying my stuff and, you know, the headliner who I opened for, um, who's, you know, she's not famous, but she's got a pretty big following. She was like, you know, you're really funny. You know, I'd love to have you come open for me if you want. And I was like, fuck dude. Like, yes. Like, of course. Like, I don't get that a lot. Like people don't usually want me to open for them either because they don't like me or because I'm too strong of an opener, which is a thing. You know, there are a lot of headliners that don't want their opener to be funnier than them. So they'll take someone that's less funny. So they know that that person's not going to outshine them. Cause there's a lot of times you guys between me and you, um, where I'm at certain clubs and I'm fucking better than the headliner and people will come up to me after the show and be like, I thought you were funnier than the headliner. I'm like, I know. I just need my shot, you know, and some places give it to me, but, um, it was just really cool that she went out and did that. And it's like, yeah, she's like, she's like, she's like, message me back and, you know, I'll see what I can do. And I just really appreciated that. And like I said, the people loved it. Um, and then the next night, same thing, like different city, uh, another city outside of Seattle, but kind of like a, kind of like a redneck kind of like country vibe kind of town. And, you know, a lot of white people, you know, older a little bit, and I just remember just being like, fuck, dude, these people aren't gonna like me either, and they were fucking great, dude, and it's just like, I don't, I don't know what it is, man, like, I just, 
it feels so good to get that kind of like like recognition and and feedback positive feedback after i do shows especially when it's in front of a crowd that i don't think i'm going to do well in front of like it just it really makes me feel good you know like i said because i get rejected so much in this business As a matter of fact you know i uh i had these great shows and you know i you know, had the venue tell you know tell me they're going to bring me back and you know so i already have shows booked for september when the dodgers are in seattle i'm going to go back and uh it's just like the day I come back, <laughs> I see that there's this comedy festival that I submitted for that I didn't get into. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's such like the nature of the business. Dude. Like one minute you're riding a high and the next minute you find out you're not good enough to get into this festival. And then you see people that are on it that you know you're funnier than you're just like, fuck, dude, it's such a mind fuck. It's such a mind fuck. But you know, the audiences are the equalizer, and like I said, when I'm in front of them, and I, those fucking jokes land, I know I'm fucking doing something right, and it feels great, and I know I'm on the right track, and it's only a matter of time, so, um, with that being said, just fucking, I'm just gonna keep working hard, dude, that's all I can do, keep working hard, you know, hopefully, things bounce my way, you know, um, I, I think they will, but, you know, it's 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 not up to me. I just gotta keep keep my head down and keep working, man. But it is nice when you get that kind of feedback and you know that your hard work is paying off. So, like I said, with that being said, um, that's all I have. If you have a chance to go to a WrestleMania or something like that, fucking go. If you have a chance to do stand-up comedy, don't do it. It's fucking hard. And uh, if for some reason you're in or near Lincoln City, Oregon. That's where I will be next weekend, um, the 21st and 22nd of April. That's where I'll be. I'm trying to get a show on the 23rd in Portland, but we'll see. Um, it's not up to me again, so we'll see. And then uh, if you're in San Diego, I'm going to be at the Grand Comedy Club uh, first weekend of May. That's May 5th and 6th because the Dodgers are playing the Padres. Yep, I did that. So um, thank you guys so much for listening again fucking i can't tell you enough pretty soon we're gonna get we're gonna get regular guests back but you know for the next few weeks it's probably just gonna be me we'll see though anyway thank you guys so much for listening and i'll see you guys next time bye